Every good book or movie or TV series ends with closure for the characters. After so many years, Rachel and Ross finally got together. After so many doubts, Chandler finally accepts he is going to be a father. But the Bible does not give us such closures. What happened to Peter? He just disappears halfway through Acts. What happened to Paul? We left him in house arrest. We expect to turn the page to find out what happens next, and it just ends like some cancelled Netflix series. Hi, my name is Terence, and I'm your host for Reading and Readers, a podcast where I review Christian books for you. Today, I review After Acts, Exploring the Lives and Legends of the Apostles by Brian Litvin, 200 pages published by Moody Publishers in January 2015. $9.99 via Amazon Kindle. It was available for free via Logos for November. Now, according to brianlitfin.com, his website, Brian Litfin is a professor in the School of Divinity at Liberty University. Previously, he was Head of Strategy and Advancement at Clapham School after serving for 16 years as Professor of Theology at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago and three years as an editor and writer at Moody Publishers. He is the author of Constantine's Empire series, the Chives Trilogy, Wisdom from the Ancients, Early Christian Martyr Stories, After Acts, uh, that's the book we are reading uh, today, reviewing today, and also uh, Getting to Know the Church Fathers, as well as several scholarly articles and essays. So that's what we get from the website. And uh, wow, I was, I was surprised. He writes novels. He is a storyteller. He, is an, he was an editor, not just a writer at the publishers, uh, at the Moody Publishers. And I'll come to why this is such a surprise to me um, at the end of this review. But what is not surprising is he is a scholar, a professor of theology with an interest in the early church. Uh, in the book, uh, today's book, he casually refers to Eusebius, uh, Irenaeus, and Jerome. He picks out the best bits from the Acts of Peter, the Proto-Gospel of James, the Gospel of Thomas, and many more of such literature. He shows very clearly that he is familiar with the early church writings. And that expertise is critical for us to figure out what happened after Acts. The book of Acts closes with Paul under house arrest. If the Bible was submitted to a publisher, the publisher would reject it. Great story, but you got to fix the ending. Well, in God's infinite wisdom, we got the Bible as it is, but that has not stopped others from writing to finish the story of Peter, Paul, and all the other disciples. Some of these stories read like fan fiction or some kind of fantasy, alternate history kind of thing. But is there a kernel of truth in these early church writings? So Litvin goes through the Bible, uh, archaeology, and all these uh, extra-biblical, okay, these uh, writings that are not from the Bible. And he goes through all of them to tell us not only what likely happened, but why he is convinced that it happened the way uh, he thinks. 
He gives us a report card at the end of every chapter. A for almost certainly true. F for almost certainly false. Now, I started the episode by asking what happened to Peter. Litvin tells us. First, he explains who is Peter. For those of you who don't know, uh, coming to the Bible or coming to this book for the first time, he, he doesn't assume that we are very familiar with any of the disciples. So he tells us uh, what Peter did, what he wrote, and why he is important. And also, tradition has it that Peter was crucified upside down. You may have even heard the reason why. Because he found himself unworthy to be crucified the same way Jesus was. And Litvin considers the evidence and he writes, I quote, Peter may well have been crucified upside down, for the Romans were known to do this, since the martyrdom story in the Acts of Peter was already developing in the early 2nd century, it might have been recording an actual eyewitness remembrance. However, the victims of Roman crucifixion were not given the chance to make requests about the method of their impalement. The intent was to shame them in a grotesque way, not accommodate their wishes. Therefore, the upside-down crucifixion of Peter is historically plausible, though not for any spiritual reasons. End quote. Now that we know what happened to Peter, this should give us enough closure on the character, on the man. But there is more. Litvin tells us a story of how the Apostle Peter's bones were discovered. Although Litvin cautions us that it is still an open question, uh, we don't know for sure, yet the sequence of events he describes, the forensic analysis done, shows that it is possible. It is possible that we have recovered the bones of the Apostle Peter. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I thought that was really amazing. And uh, in the report card, among all the other events that he has uh, listed in this chapter, um, on the event that Peter died by crucifixion, Litvin gives it an A-, minus, so it's likely to have happened. On whether his bones were recovered, Litvin gives it a generous B. So, wow. Um, so I learned something new, from not just from this chapter, but from every chapter. Because uh, like, like many of us, we don't really know what happened to the apostles uh, after the book of Acts. Or at least we have heard people say according to tradition, according to some people's uh, writings, but we have never had, I have never had a book that went through all the evidence and, and tell me what is most likely to have actually happened. Uh, let's look at another disciple's story. Uh, this one is of uh, personal interest to me because many years ago, I went on a church mission trip to India. It was an eye-opening trip that has helped form many of my personal convictions. In India, I saw people hungry for the gospel coming uh, in crowds, large crowds for prayer and demonstrating a, a sincere childlike uh, faith uh, to, to worship and obey God. So I was very impressed uh, spiritually uh, by uh, uh, my trip to India. Now, I also remember that our host in India brought us to a hill and he was very excited to show us this hill where the Apostle Thomas was memorialized. So lots of Thomas things in, on that hill. And uh, that's because according to tradition, um, the Apostle Thomas went to India to spread the gospel. 
So we all went to this hill, and to us it was a sightseeing trip. But to the people around us, it was a spiritual pilgrimage. I vaguely recall the pictures on the walls describing the miracles performed by Thomas. I visited the cave where he died, if I, if I remember correctly. And later, I also went to the tomb where his bones were kept. I remember <laughs> not knowing what to make of all of this. And after reading today's book, I'm glad I did not put too much of my faith uh, on uh, these uh, flimsy foundations. Because, uh, Litvin uh, writes, the tradition of uh, Thomas's martyrdom has come to be associated with a little hillock called St. Thomas Mount in modern Chennai on India's east coast. Though the ancient accounts do tell us that Thomas died in India by spearing, the suggestion that it happened at Chennai is the stuff of pious fabrication. Hmm. Only in the medieval sources do we begin to see a connection between Thomas and the eastern side of India. The 16th century Portuguese uh, explorers who sought to convert the indigenous Indian Christians to Roman Catholicism are responsible for the hilltop shrine at Chennai and its supposed bone fragment from the apostle. End quote. So, um, clearly, uh, Litvin is not impressed by the hillock. Or, or more accurately, by the sources uh, that um, suggest uh, Thomas uh, died there. Now, I doubt any of this matters to those who make the pilgrimage to St. Thomas Mount. Um, many of them would probably not have read this book. Uh, maybe they should, because the truth matters. And Litvin is very keen to tell the true story of the disciples, even as he is very much... Um, interested uh, by all the various literature that surrounds, uh, the various stories that surrounds uh, the apostles, even things that are not true. Like, for example, like for example uh, he gives us uh, this very nice uh, story, I find, uh, about Paul. Now, uh, Litvin saves the best for last. Uh, there's a lot of things to talk about Paul, and uh, Paul appears in the final chapter. And I'll just share this one story. There's a lot, uh, but i just share this story, which I thought was a bit wild. And, uh, and then I'll go to the next part of today's review. I quote, When Paul's severed head hit the ground, it bounced three times as it uttered the words, Jesus, 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 which caused three springs of water to well up. Today, the church of St. Paul at the Three Fountains marks that very spot. But it is clearly the result of later legends that carry no historical validity. So he pours cold water <laughs> on, this, uh, on this event, but he also tells us his story because it is an interesting one. I mean, it's, uh, I wouldn't use it in a sermon because we need to keep the sermon uh, uh, true. Though it is, uh, I would, can I say fun, a fun trivia that this is what the uh, early church people wrote um, about Paul. Now, I'll confess that I wish Litvin would tell me more of these stories, even if they are not true. And that's strange coming from me because if you listen to my reviews, you will know that I don't like my commentary writers to make wild guesses. I much prefer them to stick to the facts and allow me to come to my own opinion. 
I don't want you clouding the the issue with all your various thoughts and speculations and guesses. It, it's very confusing to me because I really want to sift through and find out the truth. And Litvin does an excellent job at sifting the facts, uh, uh, sorry, sifting the evidence, giving us the facts and telling us what happened. But I still wish he would tell me more of these uh, stories, which he hints at but doesn't tell in full. So listen to this. In the chapter on Peter, Litvin writes, In the early 2nd century, a collection of oral folklore began to solidify into a a narrative trajectory now called the Acts of Peter. In addition to such thrilling episodes as a duel between Peter and the heretic Simon Magus, in which Peter causes the flying Simon to crash and burn, (laughs) We also find a detailed account of Peter's martyrdom. Emperor Nero is the villain in the background of the story, which proves the 2nd century uh, Christians believe Peter died during that ruler's reign. So, great. I mean, he tells us about the collection of oral folklore. He tells us that uh, why people believe that uh, Peter died in which uh, period was because... Uh, of uh, this Emperor Nero. So there is some scholarly contribution in the Acts of Peter. Okay, This Acts of Peter is, uh, this, uh, is a piece of literature. It's not in the Bible. It's something some other guy wrote. So there's something that this um, Acts of Peter offers of scholarly interest. But you know what? What I really want to know is what's the story about Peter causing the flying Simon to crash and burn? Don't you want to know that? I would, but if you want to know more, you're not going to get it from this book. Litvin refuses to go into details about this uh, this and many other stories. Instead, Litvin directs us to the original source. Uh, he directs us to this website called uh, earlychristianwritings.com, earlychristianwritings.com, which I visited and I'll tell you more about it later. And in this site, uh, it has a translated text for, for us to read in full. So every time he hints of a great story and doesn't tell it, I groan, oh man, why why you do this to me? For example, uh, in one part of the book, he writes, in the apocryphal uh, passion of Simon and Jude, Judas Thaddeus travels with Simon the Zealot to uh, Babylon, where they debate with the Persian Magi. The characters proceed through a series of adventures until at last they are martyred by the priests of the sun god. A series of adventures. Can you can you tell me more? No, really? No? Okay then, so let's move on. And then later he writes an early medieval text incorrectly attributed to a certain Babylonian bishop named Abdias recounts Matthew's, the Apostle Matthew's daring exploits and miraculous adventures in the land of Ethiopia. Okay, so daring exploits, miraculous adventures, tell me more. Again, no? Not going to tell me more? All right then. So I was crushed that he didn't tell these stories because I I could... I mean, I know it's not true. and um, But I just thought that, you know, since you're going to be talking about the after acts and all these apostles and going through all the materials, the source materials, you could entertain us. And maybe you you can't. Maybe Litvin can't because he was... 
he was a dry bones academic and he has really pushed his limits um, and uh, he doesn't really want to be a storyteller. He wants to be a scholar. So imagine my surprise when I found out that he writes novels and he wrote a book titled Early Christian Martyr Stories. So he is a storyteller, but for this book, he has decided that he doesn't just want he doesn't want to just spin a yarn. He wanted the inquisitive believer to know with certainty what happened, what happened to the apostles. So um can't blame a guy for, for such noble intentions. And uh, in my opinion, he has achieved that. We, because of his uh, skillful handling, um, he, he tells us the evidence, tells us why he believes it and so on. And uh, we arrive at, I would say, conclusions that are very fair to, to what he shared. And he has surprised the reader uh, with some amazing stories to whet the appetite. Uh, though, like I said, I wish he would tell us more. And, uh, and he explains and trains us how to sift through the source material to get to his conclusions. In that sense, I would recommend this book for both the casual reader who just wants to, you know, just have a bit of uh, stories together with uh, some learning, and also for the thinking Christian who is really curious to know what actually happened with the apostles. So this is a great book for the casual reader looking for stories and also for those who want to know the truth. Now, before I end the book review, I just want to share how this book aroused my curiosity of, has aroused my curiosity so much that I went to the website Litfin recommended and I skimmed through the translation of the Acts of Peter. And here I read how, I mean, it's, it's a long book, um, but I just give you a, a sense of it, <laughs> uh, how sensational the book is. Here I read how uh, Peter tells some guy, Marcellus, that... Uh, Marcellus, if you believe in the Lord, just uh, sprinkle some water over this uh, broken statue and it will become whole. And Marcellus uh, sprinkled some water and the broken statue became repaired, uh, full, whole. It, it, it was a miracle. Then uh, Peter comes knocking at Simon the sorcerer's house and Simon instructs a dog, tell Peter that I am not within. Okay, so Simon is talking to a dog. And the dog answers. The dog says, Thou exceeding wicked and shameless one, enemy of all that live and believe on Christ Jesus. Here is a dumb animal sent unto thee which hath received a human voice to confound thee and show thee to be a deceiver and a liar. The dog talks like Balaam's donkey. So, wow. And then we later read, Peter sees a herring, a sardine, okay, a, a fish. Uh, hanging on a window. And he tells the crowd, if you see this swimming in the water like a fish, will you be able to believe in him whom I preach? The crowd say yes. And Peter takes the herring and in the name of Jesus, swim. And he throws the herring into the waters. It comes alive and swims. <laughs> so I'm, I'm mixing, I'm paraphrasing the, the text, yeah? because um, uh, uh, it's a bit longer, but <laughs> you get the gist. 
And I can tell why Litvin didn't tell these stories, because once you start, you can't stop. There's a lot of these type of stories, which is a, a very uh, fantastical. I think that's one way to describe it. And also not so edifying. I mean, we, don't, we know that it's not part of the Bible, so we, we know that it's not asking us to practice it as what we would do for the Bible. So it's not instructive in that sense. It is not uh, inspired. So, therefore, we don't expect our preachers to go to evangelistic rallies armed with cans of sardines. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, the, the, the book was actually quite a fun uh, skim through. And uh, what this shows is that uh, Litvin has uh, succeeded uh, to make the early church writings uh, more attractive, more accessible. He has... Um, uh, filtered uh, all the, I, I would imagine, uh, tons and tons of materials to give us a very, very good book. And, uh, and, if you, and I think that if you read this book, you will feel the same way too. You will look at uh, early church writings in a more positive light and, cons and even consider reading uh, one for yourself. This is a reading and reader's review of After Acts, exploring the lives and legends of the apostles by Brian Litvin. 200 pages published by Moody Publishers in January 2015. Uh, $9.99 via Amazon Kindle. It was available for free via Logos for November, but currently it's uh, in Logos, it's $7.79. If you like to know more about books, especially good Christian books that are offered for free for a time, uh, you can subscribe to Reading and Readers, the podcast where I review Christian books for you. Thank you and bye-bye.